0: And, uh, it's well known, but simply this morning again, I just felt that God was saying, "Your territory will extend." Joshua one, your territory will extend. He talks about going into the west, so it could be that you're going to be swimming in the Atlantic Ocean. From where he's from Exeter, you know, you can't go far more west than, But your territory will extend, and uh, whatever God's doing at the moment, Aaron, He's going to extend it. Going to extend your influence. Going to extend your ministry going to extend what God's doing in Riverside, so there's going to be more Riversides down in that southwest corner of the country. God's going to extend your territory. And so it's an absolute joy this morning to welcome Aaron, uh, to see what God's doing in him, to realize that he's had his challenges on the doorstep of his life, and that has not stopped him or his wife or his kids serving God with a passion. And they lead a great church in the heart of a great city down in the southwest Exeter, Riverside Church, and this morning, friends, let's open, be open to the word of the Lord into our hearts. And as we do that, let's give a great, rip-roaring arena welcome to Pastor Aaron Richardson. Thank you.
1: <laughs> you know what? That was such a, a great introduction. I can't wait to hear myself preach now. You know, I'm just really, really excited. It, it is an honor to be here. And I uh, have three children. Uh, my oldest is here, 15 uh, my daughter, Bethan, is 12. That's uh, Joshua, by the way, and I've got a 10-year-old son as well. His name's Nathan. My wife's called Rachel, and I am just 38 years of age, isn't it? You know, So depending on what side of the fence you are, that can be either really old or really young, uh, but I'll leave it. But I also want to split the congregation as well because I'm a, a lifelong forest fan. Instantly, we thought we'd bring division there. You know, it was just a a few years ago, I I started a Facebook thread uh, because I was so despondent about Forrest going down twice in a row. I I really didn't know what to do with myself. So I started a thread on Facebook saying, you know, I was going to give up my club, you know, and try and support somebody else. And the whole church was trying to buy my allegiance to another team and uh, we ran it for a while. But you know what? I just, I'm a man of honor. I just couldn't do it. I have to remain loyal, you know, to the only true team, and obviously that's the Reds. Uh, sorry for everybody else who's a Derby fan; <laughs> it just hurts me to say it as well. Are you ready for what God's got in your life? There's about five people who are ready. Kind of, which means there'll be five people who are oh, so not ready, and then everybody else is just, well, we'll wait till you finish, there and, and then I'll tell you whether I'm ready, isn't it? You know, that's where most people sit in church as well. But I, I want to pray thanks and honor to Eric today, if that's okay. And uh, it was 25 years ago uh, that I started the adventure of my life, and it was in Eric's church. You know, when I said, and you know what, I've never looked back, and I just want to talk about the adventure, not just of my life, but I believe this morning, it'll be the adventure for your life. That going with God is the way to go. Walking with Jesus is not dull. It is not boring. It is not gray. It is not just kind of way out there thinking, oh, it is just, I'm glad I said yes to Jesus. And I'm glad you pointed me in the right direction. Because you know what? That is legacy. Legacy. Because it's not about us, it's about the name of Jesus. So I want to introduce you to that journey, uh, what that means for you. I want to just kind of, in a sense, not beat you onto that journey, but I really want to invite you to say, I want to live for God like I've never lived for God in my life before. Are you ready for that? That's not bad. I've got 12 now with me. I'm hoping by the end of this, I'm just going to carry on until everybody says yes uh, with that. But to do that, I thought I'd show you uh, one of my favorite movies. And being a dad, you get all sorts of genres that you can watch now, mainly kids' films. Uh, and uh, this is the trailer for the Voyage of the Dawn Treader.
0: Are you sure you're 18? Why, Dweller older? Edmund, you're supposed to be helping me with the groceries.
1: <laughs> Better luck next time, eh, Squirt? <laughs> a squad? I'm a king.
0: Not in this world.
1: Listen, have you seen this ship before?
0: It's very Narnian looking, isn't it? What's going on here? Evan, the painting. Welcome. You have come far, but your journey lies beyond. Ripishi!
1: Your majesties. So, if there are no wars to fight, then why are we here? You are all about to be tested.
0: Edmund, I can make you my king and much more. Beautiful. You've got an extraordinary destiny. Something greater than you could have imagined. From C.S. Lewis's epic masterpiece. The fate of Narnia depends on you. This Christmas.
1: This place just gets weirder and weirder.
0: You have returned for a reason. Your adventure begins now. The Chronicles of Narnia. The Voyage of the Dawn Treader.
1: Directed by Fantastic. Friend. Who likes adventure movies? Something about, it, I want you to get into an adventure movie of your life. I love that movie. You have returned for a reason. Your adventure begins right now. That God's going to place you and go, wow, it's excellent. There's something inside of us when we watch adventure movies that gets us going. That actually really pulls us in. And I don't mind what adventure you're going on. But God says, I want you on the adventure today. I want you to go with me. I want you to step out. I want you to step into what God has got for you. You'll never look back. You know, sometimes we run Christianity. at this low level. And God wants to take you up to another level. You know, higher place to go. Right, this is it, God. I'm not playing around with you anymore. I'm going to step into you. If you go to your dictionary... And look at what about what an adventure is. We've got this exciting, very unusual experience. The participation in exciting undertakings. And everybody wants their Christian life to be like that. Everyone wants their life to be like that. And then you read this. A bold, usually risky undertaking that is hazardous action of uncertain outcome. Now, most people go, whoa, 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 whoa. You had me at the excitement, Aaron. You had me at that whole thing. But bold, yeah, yeah, I was there. Ha- Did you say hazardous? Did you say risky? Did you say uncertain? Um, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll pass. Because there's two things. You can't adventure of one without the other. You know that. You can't move into the new things of God's life without that uncertainty, without that unknown, without that slight hazardous journey that God wants to draw you into and get you going. Now, I just want to educate you slightly. There's a word called synonym. Which is basically it takes the words of adventure and it makes similar words to them. And you'll get the spirit of what I'm talking about today. So synonyms are endangerment, experience, exploits, feats, occurrences, anticipation, venture, mission. We all identify with that with the spirit of adventure. But there's also antonyms. Which are words that are directly opposite to synonyms. Are you with me so far? Let me give you an antonym of an adventure. Avoidance. Inaction inactivity, inertia, latency, passiveness, stillness. And here's the thing, you need to know the antonyms and the synonyms of this word. Why? Because so often we find our lives in this box of latency, of inertia, of stillness, of passiveness. And we place our faith into that box. And actually when we talk about, when I say who wants to live in that spirit of adventure, most people go, yeah, I want to live over here. In this big, expansive box of stepping out into the things of God is. But really, the truth is, when we get to the challenge of faith, we find ourselves in this tiny box. Let me contextualize it into your life for you. Where's your marriage at? Where's your relationships at? How many, how many wants an inertia relationship? Gee, I don't. I hate the phrase settling down. You know how people go, oh, you settle down in marriage? No. Why would I want to settle down? I love, I, I love conflict, I do. I love energy, I love excitement. Who wants a passionless marriage or relationship? Well, nobody. And it's no different with my relationship with God. Who wants a passive relationship? Yeah, me, me and God are okay. Do you know what? We're not okay. We're loving it. We're journeying it. We're getting out there. We're up. We're out. We're firing into the future. I want to jump. And I don't know where that works out. And you'll see from the chaos of my life. I've never known where it's going to work out. I still don't know how it's all going to play out in the end. But you know what? Because Jesus is on the journey. I love it. And so my goal today is to move you from inertia, to move you from passivity, to get you out there, to live in the way God has designed you. How many you up for that right now? I was really pleased uh, when uh, Phil says I've got a scripture to share because he just takes my lead text, which is always good, you know, because God does that, you know, he just gives you this reminder go, what I put in your heart is what is from this morning. So Joshua chapter one, if you can turn through that with me, that'd be great. This is when Joshua entered the spirit of adventure. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua and he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Moses is in the box of inertia. He's passive. He's now latent. He's now still. He has played his part. It's now your day, Joshua. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the journey. I want to declare a time on your life. Right now, the time has come as a church. I want to declare the time has come for you to enter the promised land that God has got for you. For your marriage, for your relationships, for your career, for your even your relationship with God. Your faith, the time has come. It is right here, right now, to, there, to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. And I promise you, don't we want to hear God say, I promise you? I promise you what I promised Moses, that wherever you set your foot... You will be on land that I have given you, from the Negev wilderness in the south to Lebanon mountains into the north, from the Ephrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. Be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land. There was something of a spirit out of adventure that came and took hold of Joshua. And the reason why God is saying, be strong, Joshua, I just think because he was standing there going, I can't do this. That's a common model in the Bible. Whenever God comes with his plans, that our first reaction is not going to the faith of God. It's actually into our own ability. We need to cross the great divide of ourselves if we're going to move in to the things of God and say, God, I want to live for you. I want to get out there. I read the whole Old Testament as an adventure book. You know, I I think of all the blockbuster movies, the Bible has got the best. You know, when you read them, you know I, I, I've sat through Sunday school. You know they're in, brain, in my brain, not as a nice story. Think about them, reality, in reality, that they actually happened, and they're full of adventurers: David, the giant killer, Joseph. And the technical dream coat. They should do a, a, a kind of West End musical on that, shouldn't they? You know, that we should all go and see. Gideon's Milli military Abraham's adventures. Samson the Superman. Noah sails off into the rainbow. Jonah's incredible journey. Elijah's wheels of fire. I've got this image. You know, Nicolas Cage would star in that. If there was a Hollywood blockbuster, you know, he would fit that bill, wouldn't he? You know, that rough Elijah-type figure. You know, and we get some understanding of that. Daniel and the great escape. You know, and he's Joshua. He's no different. He's right on the cusp of that spirit of adventure, about to step into that. Something happens in us when we go on an adventure with God. Our whole identity starts to adapt around that adventure that needs to adapt. So these are some things that happened. You know, our sense of adventure comes up. Our lack of self-reliance, you know, suddenly disappears. Our heightened senses. Suddenly, when you go on a journey, suddenly your eyes, you're looking at things like you've never looked before. You know, you smells, when you smell something different, the senses come up in our lives. The terrain gets harder. Now, if you want to follow Jesus and you think it's easy, then you've been misdirected. Because adventure and easy don't go hand in hand. Because you need to class that. But there is greater gain. You get brand new undiscovered places, virgin views. Have you ever climbed a mountain at dawn? And you've seen the sun pop up over there. You know what is the most incredible thing? Yeah. And you've got to get up early. Did you know that six o'clock exists in the day? All the teenagers go, no way, no way, no way. But you get out on a nice sunny day and you look over the landscape, you know, realize, wow, it expands your vision, expands it. But you've got to pay the price early on to get there. Our learning experience goes, our sense of achievement. So there's something there that God wants to draw us into going, come on, get up. Get going. This is going to be a great journey of your life. And like I said 25 years ago, I started that journey. But I've also realized that there are things that get in the way. So what I thought I'd do is, as a part of this message, just give you some tips, if that's okay, of just errors I've made, right? And I'm perhaps the biggest failure uh, all the time, I learn by failure. I learn by tripping up. I learn by running off too fast. I learn by, you know, never having good sense. You know, that's just how I've learned. You know, and my dad said to this before uh, he passed away, you know, when I was going for a particular of experience, he said to my mum, he said, love, settle down, because mum was trying to sort it in and sort it all out for me. And she said, settle down. You can't buy experience. Do you know, it's true. You've got to go on your own on this journey. Number one, aversion to risk stops adventure. Dead in its tracks. Aversion to risk stops adventure. Dead in its tracks. I am sick and tired of that man with the hard hat and the yellow jacket turning up at every point in my life to tell me I can't do things. Have you seen the health and safety legislation that we are now part of? You can't read a newspaper without some health and safety story that they've banned the jumble sale, you know, because it's no longer safe for us to walk around market stalls, isn't it, you know? Children can no longer play competitive sports anymore in case they hurt themselves. And in fact, we're wrapping everybody up. We've got this nanny state, wool Society. We're actually, if you are a Leader now. Oh, do you remember the game Chubby Bunnies? You, I, I thought it was great. You know, you used to shove marshmallows in your mouth, you know, as many as you could get. And you know, you should then have to say the phrase Chubby Bunnies with your mouth full and you've just got drool coming out here. You know, it's banned. You know, they have banned fun. Somebody choked on a marshmallow one day and it didn't turn out too good, you know. But there's all sorts of things. Whenever you do a, any activity, you know, we did a holiday club last week and we fun, did a great finale. Um, we've got all the dads up to do the chili challenge, you know. And we got grade two chilies right up to grade six chilies uh, as all this. And we got all these dads there and we were just munching on. I Before we did that, I had to go online to assess the risks of what eating chilies would do. And before, I, I said to the, the dads, okay, have you got any stomach ulcers? Have you got any stomach complaints? Have you had any adverse reactions to And I'm doing all this. I don't know how health and safety works in Spain. Have you seen the bull run? That's the difference between British and Spain, isn't it, you know? Yeah, that'd be great. We've been doing it for thousands of years. We'll get a load of angry bulls and we'll chase them down the street and then we'll just run away from them, you know. Yeah, but what fun. (laughs) If you like that. Stupidity, stupidity and fun do go hand in hand. Health and safety man does. But think about this. What if the health and safety man would have turned up in the Bible? Said to Joshua, I'm sorry, have you measured the size of those walls? There is just no way they're going to come down. Can you imagine if he'd walked up to David, you know, suddenly David goes out and goes, I'm going to get this giant, you know, puts the stones in. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop, stop. In comes the man with the yellow coat and the hard hat. You can't do that. You're going to pull your back out if you do that. Oh, Goliath, put that sharp spear away. You're going to hurt somebody. There's an aversion to risk. We have an Elton safety man in our head. There's that carnal man that whenever God says, come on, get going, in he runs. Into your thinking. Whenever there's a challenge to step out into mission or to step out into our giving. Or to reach out or speak to somebody about Christ. Or to live our lives in a certain way. You know, in he comes in and goes, sounds like the plumber. You don't want to do that. It's going to cost you, isn't it? Do you know what I remember my first missions trip? And health and safety wasn't around then. And uh, we got in this van or drove from here to Hungary, you know. And then we broke down three times on the way. And have you ever broken down in Germany? I, well, they sent me, the youngest, right, off, like, go, Aaron, go and get help. So I'm running down the autobahn, 130 miles an hour, you know, cars going down. And find the phone, and I pick up this phone, right, and it's a complete revelation at this stage of my life that actually they speak in German, not English, So I'm trying to ask for help in English, knowing no word of German. And they're on the phone. And have you noticed when you do that, you just put a German accent when you're trying, aren't you? (laughs) I have broken (laughs) down. What am I doing? We managed to get fixed and we crack on again. And then the motor on the the windscreen wipers, they break. So there we are, right there, driving through this torrential downpour. You know, on the border of Romania, and we've got these pieces of string tied to the wonder washers. And while one person's driving, someone's pulling. And then when he gets up, somebody pulls the other way. And then we get stopped by the soldiers. You know, and they're all carrying guns. You know, and suddenly they want to board. You know, to see what we're carrying. You know, because we're carrying all these things. And and we're sat sort of there, eighteen year old. And I'm like. Dah! And the leader of the team goes, speak English. I'm like, why? They don't speak English. He goes, oh yeah, they'll be softer on you. (laughs) The adrenaline goes up when you step out for God. you know what? Had that not happened in that way, me being completely out of my comfort zone, I would not be telling the story today. So often we want the safety of our lives. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love, power, And a sound mind, you're not designed to carry fear. It will immobilize you in the things of God. Number two, the unknown adds excitement to the adventure. In Joshua chapter three, it says, Joshua, you've not traveled this way before. You're about to cross the Jordan River. You're about to take these three million people who are following you. You're a young man and you're about to go. This is your moment, Joshua. But you've not been here before. And he still goes. He still makes the decision to say, look, and there's this unknown thing that I want you to be attracted to the unknown. Because vision always has got that, you know, that you don't need to know everything before that you will move. There's something about a pioneering spirit that we can develop that don't follow where the path may lead, but go where there is no path and leave a trail. There's a soldier whose specific role in the army and is called a pioneer and that is to build or to construct or demolish in order to facilitate the movement of troops. There is a call on some people's lives who are breakthrough people, who are there to stand up, to step in and actually to lay the tracks for everybody else to follow. There's a tendency for us to be like sheep, but God has not designed you to live that way. There's a call on your life to say, hey, I can cut a new groove. I can dance a new move on the dance floor. And before long, people will go, oh, that's, I, I, I like that. I'm a unique dancer. I know that. I just make it up as I go along. In fact, I'm a unique worshiper as well. You know, my wife will often punch me in the ribs and said, you're not singing the right words. You know, I just don't know the words. I just know I love Jesus. And so if I don't know the words, I fill them in with my own. I do. But that's okay. Because God is okay with me doing that. Because my heart is first for him. And worship about him. Because you know what? Worship's not just about the lyrics of that song. I well, don't do that because you're one Julia. She won't know where she is if you're singing something different. You know, She'll give you permission to sing on your own song at seven times. But just so you know, say, God, I want to go out there. Hebrews 11 verse 8, Abraham obeyed God when God asked him to leave home. And he left. Well, think about that. He gave up his business. He gave up his family. He gave up his home, he packed everything up, and he went camping for I don't know how many years. Because he believed in the word of God. That actually there's one thing not doing things through fear, but there's another thing living by faith. This journey is about living by faith. I came home one night at 2am in the morning, having worked a late shift as a police officer. And I sat at the top of my stairs with the moon shining through my bathroom window. And as it shone over my shoulder, I opened my Bible and I started to read. And there's a scripture in the 2 Kings where I just read it. And as I read it, God spoke to me in that stillness of that moment of my life. He said, the place where you are is too small for you. Go down to the riverside and build there. I was in a church. And I was serving in, in many areas, not just in the church, um, but in the council all around. I was a police officer. I was also kind of a youth kind of representative as well for a lot of other churches. And God says, I want you to resign everyone because I'm, I'm moving you. And I spoke to my wife and said, look, I feel God is saying that. She said, I feel God's saying the same. So we put our house on the market and within 24 hours, we'd sold our house which is kind of great and scary. Did you know that at the same time when you step out in faith, you go into, great, I'm with you, God. I'm going to do that. And suddenly the challenge is on. I've got three children. How do I kind of go for that? And in the end, I walked into a church while I was on holiday in summer in the city of Exeter. And my youngest was a baby at the time and he was crying in the service. And I took him out. And as I looked and there were the, the church is positioned by the river, that scripture came back to me. said, the place where you are is too small. Go down to the riverside. And I'm looking down the river, and I know this is the place. The church is called Riverside. And I now pastor that church, having served it, and you know, God just opened doors. You know, I would like liked a job straight away, but that didn't happen, you know. The house fell through instantly, you know, as we kind of made that move and that jump. All sorts of challenges. The day that I made the move and got a job, you know, I left the family just for three months at home. While well, I resettled in the new area, I got a phone call from Rachel. She said they're worried about our, our youngest son. I call it Black Wednesday. But she says, because they feel our, our son might be mentally disabled. And it opened my life out. And you know, I suddenly realized, you know, that I'd put myself right in there. But do you know when I said yes to God when I started that journey 25 years ago? I said yes to God being Lord of my life. I didn't just say yes, I'll do it if there's good times and only good times. I said yes if there's challenges. I said yes if we've got to go into new areas. If there's new places, I've got to meet new people. I said yes to everything. The adventure, the spirit of adventure says yes. It's better to say yes than it is to say no. There's a whole list of uh, men in the Bible, and I want to l- read their list. Shammah, Shepha, Egal, Pautin, Nabi, Gideon, Gadi, Amiel, Sephir, Gayul. None of us know who they are, unless you're a preacher. They're the 10 spies who said no. But there was 12 spies. And one was called Joshua. And one was called Caleb. And they said yes. And here's the key. The two who said yes survived. The ten who said no, they didn't. They never saw the promised land. Because they chose to live in the box of inertia. And they stayed behind. Don't live with the spirit of fear and stay behind. Live with the spirit of adventure and move into what God has got shaped and planned for your life. Because the truth is... Adventures surround the challenges of your life. You know that day that I was told that Nathan was going to be brought up, you know, he's, he's 10, he still doesn't speak. He's doubly incontinent, which means he's in nappies, he's got behavioural problems, his class is severely uh, autistic. He goes to a special needs school, and it's been a huge, momentous journey. He doesn't sleep very well at night. So, for the last 10 years of mine and Rachel's life, we get up between the hours of two, four, and six continually, and have done for years. Don't look bad on it, do I? But he has broken me inside. I've sat at the top of the stairs and cried in frustration in a situation I can't control, I can't change. And I've had to learn to adapt and grow in that. And we've had our marriage is stronger. Our family is strong. But you know what? I've noticed, if I can be really honest, on this spirit of adventure in my life, my brokenness has actually softened the hearts of the people in my city. Because i found people find weakness attractive. That I've never positioned myself to be the perfect leader, the perfect pastor. I've got it all together. Because people look at me and they actually see this brokenness continually. That I'm never far from tears. Now, I'm a guy. I've learned to cry behind the eyes. You know, I've learned to say it was a bit dry in here. But the truth is my life isn't easy. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Because I know where God is in my life. And he is ace when i was in the police i've been in good places i've been in awful places i've been in safe places i've been in scary places i've been behind the doors of people in society and seeing what really goes on in our families and i've been there firsthand and you know what god has showed me stuff that's why i'm a pastor now so i can help and understand those before i started following god i would never gone out of this country I've now traveled almost to every continent on the planet carrying the great name of Jesus into unknown. And stories and stories and stories are there to be told because I've stood out. Because God asked me when I said yes to Jesus. Pioneers don't read maps, they draw them. He called me to be a trailblazer. He called me to go over unknown paths and unknown territories just to lead people closer to him. Isaiah 42 says, may God's glory sound, echo his praise from coast to coast. God steps out like he means business. You can see his prime for action. He shouts, announcing his arrival. He takes charge and his enemies fall into line saying, I've been quiet long enough. I've held back. I've bit my tongue, but now I'm letting loose. This is God. I'm letting go like a woman who's having a baby. I'll take the hand of those who don't know the way, who can't see where they're going. I'll be a personal guide to them. I will direct them through unknown country. I'll be right there to show them what roads to take to make sure that they don't fall into the ditch. These are the things I'll be doing for them, sticking for them, not leaving them for a minute. In other words, God's saying, I'm doing a brand new thing. I'm doing a new thing. In this church, he's doing a new thing. He wants people with that of adventure. I want to land with this. And this is a true story, um, slightly humorous from my perspective, or no, from my kids' perspective. Because Rachel, in a sense, is a primary care for Nathan, there's times when I say to Rachel, stay at home or, or do something nice, I'll take the kids out, and we call it Dad's Day Out. So I'll take the three kids. And uh, Rachel is slightly risk-averse. So whenever she's got the kids, you know, she always wants to, she's a really great mum, really good protector, really good guard. Dad's just totally kind of, Attracted to risk. So I like standing on the edge of the cliffs holding my kids' hands. I kind of think it teaches us something good. So we're wandering through Woodbury Common, which is where the Royal Marines train. And we're walking down these paths, and I said to the kids, this is a little bit dull, isn't it? Should we just head off track? You know, which sounds like a good idea at the time, doesn't it? But what I'm about to say, I really kind of, it wasn't a great idea. So we head off into the bush, or into the kind of undergrowth. And it's great, because suddenly we get to this broken bridge. You know, and I send Josh across, and he goes across, and he's able. And uh, I send Beth across, and she's all right. you know. And then I've got Nathan. And Nathan, he didn't work, walk too well as well, but I, I've got his hand, you know, you know. And we're walking across this bridge, and suddenly he just, like, there, he disappears. At least, fortunately I've got hold of him, because he fell down this hole in the bridge, nearly lost him. <laughs> and he's there, I'm just dangling him, and, and we quickly pull him back up. And we're all like, close, nearly lost two, one out of my three children. So then we get down hill. and then suddenly it just starts to get wet. And for somehow, we managed to find this river bed that went under the reeds, and we're walking through this riverbed. And it's just like getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and we're just like, whoa, we're way off the beaten of track. So I looked uphill and thought, right, let's walk uphill. Uh, in my no knowledge of the wilderness, I don't have any. But that's where the river was coming down. I didn't know that at the time. So we decided to walk up the riverbed. It's not a good idea. It's better to walk out of it, but we decided to walk through it. And we get out. As we're going out, I so said, let's get for higher ground. That'd be right. And there's this, this fence, and it's got a yellow sign on it. It says electric fence. <laughs> so I said to the kids, you go under it. So I put one under it, two under it. And um, I was a bit taller. So I thought I'd step over this electric fence, which is a good idea and fine. You know, the height was fine. I'm stood there and the the line's there. What I didn't take into account was my feet started to sink in the bog. And literally, as I'm sinking, I'm standing in water with a fully charged electric fence. And it hits the point you never want it to hit. Let's just say the most sensitive place. And it was so bad, I heard myself scream. There's a time when you do that, when you go for a certain thing. You actually hear yourself screaming, and you don't know who it is. And then you realize it's yourself. I leapt up, you know, jumped over the other side, and we ran out of that bog. And the kids just laughed all the way home. But, you know what, I like that story, simply because... We can now tell that story, that it was okay in the end. My wife said, you must never do that again. But the kids do love that. Why? Because we're designed to live in adventure, actually. We're designed to step out for God, and we're designed to live for Him. And I just want to say and simplify this and just bring it right together, that living for God, you'll never regret it. You'll have stories to tell. You won't always know where you're going. You know, But God has got a call on your life. And this is what I want to do. I want to ask people who've not yet made that decision to say yes to Jesus to start the adventure today. I'm glad that Eric is there because I can go back and reference that point when I said yes. And I want to reference that point for others today, right? And that might be you. I also want to reference that point. If you've started that adventure and then you've just let it go into that box of inertia and you just kind of let God drop and you just think, oh, I don't, I, I'm not sure. But today what I've said is that actually I want to stand back up. And live for Jesus. I want everybody to close their eyes because I want to pray. So if you're not a Christian and you want to live for God and this is a decision you're making. Or you've been a Christian and perhaps you've just let it go off the boil. And you know that you need to recommit. This is about your relationship with God. This is not about stepping out in church. This is not about faith. This is just about you and God. That if you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, or you want to rededicate your life into that spirit of adventure, all I'm going to ask you to do is stand to your feet as a statement of that's for me. And I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. Does anybody want to stand? Great.
0: Right.